Zdravlja pastor on your health is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with family doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office, although Zorba... (laughs) We're missing that confusing, extra-large, automatic, revolving door. Have you ever seen those things? Yeah, that's amazing. People, do you people ever get, get stuck in oh, there? Oh, I've seen people get stuck yeah, in there. They're like very confusing. A little confusing too quickly, a little bit too slowly. We need one know? of those in here, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Can we get right. one? No, no, we have one. Oh, we, we have do. one. That's right. It's a virtual one. It's virtual. Oh, there it it's is. It's a virtual one. Just don't me, get I didn't stuck. have my virtual goggles on. You're getting on. stuck. Don't yeah. get stuck. <laughs> All right, we'll talk healthy living. We'll walk, we'll walk you through a healthy recipe. We'll get to some of your phone calls and emails and a few voicemails as well. And if you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. And along with those calls, we'll discuss a few healthy living topics today, Zorba. Right. How much caffeine is too much? I'll tell you something. That is a loaded question that for is. me. But we will talk about the do's and the don'ts of caffeine, the real the real research and kind of the research that's not quite as real. And air pollution, fossil fuels, how does that affect us? What about excess deaths? We'll talk about mm. that and how that may affect you and your life. All right. And how about the special recipe today? Tangy, and I'm going to emphasize the word tangy, apple potato salad. If you like potato salad, I happen to like potato salad. This is a variation of potato salad that your grandmother probably never made. And certainly my grandmother never made this potato salad because she was born, oh my goodness, probably in 1886, something like that. So she has been gone for a long time. But I still remember her potato salad And let me tell you, it's not this potato salad. This isn't your grandma's potato salad. Not at all. And it's probably not our listeners' grandma's (laughs) potato salad either. Anyway, it's a great recipe. All right. To the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right. Let's welcome our first caller now. This is a listener in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? I have a question about... Acute adhesive arachnoiditis, the backbone, the backbone with the nerve bundle and the fact that in the 80s, they would inject this old myelogram dye in there. Oh, I see. Every time you get uh, uh, meningitis. Right, right. Or births. Right. And the dye, like sand crystals, pokes the nerves and eventually bundles them up like little rolls of rubber bands. Then you cannot get blood flow inside the bundles so mm-hmm. you have nerves generating false pain so you always have a referred pain that is perhaps not referred. really there but right. it causes just as much distress right first of all what happened you ended up having different imaging studies years ago because of what what was going on Reoccurring meningitis. Mm-hmm. From when you were younger? Well, obviously younger, younger than now. <laughs> but from when you were how old? 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh-huh. Okay. And what are you, ta- are you taking anything for it? Gabapentin, neurological medications? or Yes, uh-huh. all of those. All of those. Did they do much or not do anything at all? They barely... Right. Make the pain tolerable. That's the whole, that's sort of the whole problem with neuropathic pain. So the issue with any kind of neuropathic pain is, number one, we don't have great drugs. We have drugs that may or may not work. We know that opioids come sort of dull your brain, but they really don't do anything for the pain. We know, we thought for a while that they would work and they were good, but the fact is they only work in a limited number of people for a limited amount of time, and they're highly addictive and all the problems with opioids. Then we have anti-seizure drugs, GABA. Pentin, pregabalin, uh, Tegretol, another drug in the class, and they work to a differing extent. And then we have nerve blocks that may work, and we also have uh, things that we put in the spinal cord that also work that produce, you know, that we produce medications in. So have, what have you been offered in terms of nerve blocks? Anything there? The original pain doctor mm-hmm. said never to have another injection into the spinal column. It would cause a be in a wheelchair. Oh. Well, well, you know, you know something. They may be absolutely correct. In other words, maybe the side effects because of what you have because of the old dye, you know, makes it impossible for you to use some of the newer methodologies. You've used a tens unit at all? Have you ever tried that? They say no tens unit, mm-hmm. no artificial stimulators. Why would they say no tens unit? 
I mean, this is a neuro- uh, is this somebody at the University of, of Oklahoma? Of disturbing or the nerve mm-hmm. bundles, I think. Uh huh. So, sure. is this at the university, or where have you gone? At variety of hospitals here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. No, you've got you've got good medical care in Oklahoma. You've, you've got I've yes. spoken there. You've got some very good docs. You've got some very good, you know, very good medical care there. Uh, acupuncture. You've tried that, or you haven't tried acupuncture? No, we've not tried acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I've got a couple of ideas. First of all, you've got a difficult problem. Let's go to the gabapentin and pregabalin. Did you did they max out that medication to go to the maximum amount? Um. Honey, you want to explain your medicines? I'm going to transfer you to my wife, which is really, it's her issue. I'm going to let her tell you about the meds. Good idea. Hi, this is Paula. Hi. Good uh, talking to you. Uh, the treatment so far, uh-huh. you yeah. know, they're kind of following a cookie cutter pattern where they go up if it's this, they go this way. If it's no, they go this way. And they continue moving up the treatment tree. Where we're at at this time, we've already... We can. We absolutely cannot do any kind of nerve stimulation, um, nerve blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they inject the spine with corticosteroids. Right. I can't think yeah. of a word for yeah. that. Yeah, but that wouldn't, Anyways, that wouldn't be good, right? And so, uh, right now they're using gabapentin, and we're doing eight hundred milligrams every eight hours. Okay, that's a good dose. Um, that's a good yeah, dose. We're doing an NSAID treatment, okay, and then also Cymbalta, and also Cymbalta. Yeah. Okay, so those are all those are all really good drugs to use. I would go back and ask them whether or not the a tens unit is really not invasive, and I'm not sure why they said not to use a tens unit. It's very different from, you know, from an injection of a steroid. So mm-hmm. I would ask your pain doc. I'd like to try the tens unit. I don't know why it would be negative to use the TENS unit. All the TENS unit really does is work on the peripheral nerves and on the muscles that basically may be affected here. So number one, I would try, consider a TENS unit. And number two, I would definitely try acupuncture and see what that would do. And then the other thing is, have you gone for any cognitive behavioral therapy to a psychologist? I have. Mm-hmm. I have, actually. Uh-huh. Has that done About anything at all? I would try. I would retry that. CBT can help. It does. It helps get on the other side of the pain, so you live with it. It's mm-hmm. kind of on your shoulder instead of in front of your face. So mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy, a tens unit, and acupuncture. Those are three things that are non-invasive that I would add to that, and see if that does something. Chronic pain is difficult, and you need a multimodal approach to get on top of it. And those would be mm-hmm. three things I would try. Okay, I'm gonna. Ha- I need you to. I'm gonna pass this over to my husband. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it, and this is such an under talked about disease. Yes, very much. Her so. pain doctor tells yes. her that her pain mm-hmm. is equivalent mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. stage four bone cancer. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Neuropathic pain. Yes. Awful, awful, awful pain. And awful. thanks. And yes. this may help other people. Thank you for for sharing this. And thank you for the suggestions. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. You have a good day now. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's get to our first healthy living topic of the day. Let's talk about caffeine, which I, isn't that the, the world's number one stimulant, most ingested stimulant? Yep. <laughs> what are you on? Are you it on is. it right now? Of course, it I is. know I am. I it's got right, common, sitting right over here. It is the most common stimulant. How much is too much? That's really difficult. You know, there's mm-hmm. an upper level. So, but the issue is, has there? There really is an issue that has to do with kids, right? Because kids have a developing brain. It's a different issue, and so you want to keep chemicals away from your children because you don't know what they're going to do. And the American Academy of Pediatrics says there really is no safe, no proven safe dose for kids under 12. Well, of course, there's no proven safe dose. I mean, how are you going to prove it? How do you study that? Yeah, you can't study. The answer is you can't study it. And then they recommend 100 milligrams for kids 12 to 18. Where did they come up with that Mm. number? It's a bogus number. They didn't come up from anywhere. But there are some interesting issues because we keep our kids away from alcohol. Mm -hmm. We keep them away from vaping. 
Mm -hmm. We want to keep them away from marijuana. These are all things that we know change the brain or may alter the brain. Should we keep them away from caffeine? On the whole, I think you're right. Mm. So, I mean, caffeine that's in Coke, I don't know how much it is. I think it's like 81 milligrams. It's less than 100 milligrams. You want to limit your, you know, your soft drinks and kids. What about five-hour energy booster? That has much more caffeine. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I think the issue with children is a very important issue that under, certainly under the age of 12, it's a big issue between 12 and 18. I think it's an issue you should talk to your kids about. What about with adults? Well, the FDA says you can have 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. Where does that come from? I don't know where it comes from. There's no real issue. We know that if you have insomnia, it may be having because you have too much caffeine later in the day. When do you stop drinking caffeine, Carol? I usually try not to have it after like noon or one. Yeah. Hey, Brad. It affects me pretty. Brad, soon. how about you? When do you stop drinking your caffeine? Uh, same about lunchtime. About lunchtime. Why? Because it may keep you up later, right? Right. Yeah, and because the reality is, I drink a lot of coffee during the day, but I find that if I drink coffee too late, it keeps me up. We mm -hmm. have insomnia. For some people, it's a problem because they become anxious and they're jittery and they have a fast heart rate, and they don't realize it's the coffee that's doing it mm -hmm. or it's the tea that's doing it. So in the morning, up until 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, I think enjoy your caffeine. After that, maybe you want to switch to something less. Maybe you want to have either decaffeinated tea or something else. But I think it's an individual thing, and I don't think we can make a blanket statement except for children and keeping them away from high-energy drinks. I think certainly under the age of 18, definitely under the age of 12, that is a good idea. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462-7413. Call anytime. Leave us a voicemail if you'd like. And let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener. Don't play it yet. This is a listener from Twisp, Washington. T-W-I-S-P. I had never heard of Twisp, Washington. Twisp. Isn't that Twisp. a cool name? It's a cool name. I like the name Twisp. So I did a Twisp. little Wikipedia on Twisp. On Twisp. On uh -huh. Where it came from. Where, like just, Fred Twisp? I was more interested in who's from Twisp. Because yeah, I like seeing like Twisp? notable people oh, from yeah, different right. cities. You mean, sir, there's somebody there's famous or infamous? Kind of semi-famous. Uh, like it Al depends. Capone? Are you into Chumbawamba <laughs> at all? The band Chumbawamba? Chumbawamba? Yeah, have you heard of Chumbawamba? Are you kidding? I mean, I'm no in the Lawrence Welk generation. I mean, Chumbawamba. I don't think they were on the Sounds like Welk show. Like a chewing gum, Chumba Wumba. <laughs> Chew it now, enjoy it later. I like it. They had a Chumba big Wumba. song called Tub Thumper. Tub, Tub Thumping. Thumper. You know, so I got to tell you, that went right over it. Chumba I Wumba Thumping. And I get up again. I got to tell you something. You are in a different generation than I am. I mean, I'm not in Lawrence Welk generation. That was my mother's generation. But Chumba Wumba. Chumba twist. Wumba. I mean, these what are, are the too members many of Chumba Wumba. Yeah. Original members. It's a great name Dan for but it's a good name for chewing gum. Nobukan? It is a chewing gum. Okay. Chumba Wumba. <laughs> Chumba, it's a big, like a big block chewing gum, like Bog Park Chew Chumba Wumba. You should Wumba. run with that. That's good. I don't think it's a chewing gum, but it could be. Anyways, uh, let's, let's go to that voicemail. Twist Washington. Hello. I have a baker's cyst behind my left knee, and my doctor just basically blows me off. She doesn't say to do anything. But it's definitely concerning. It starts to hurt when I'm taking a walk, and right, I love to right, walk. Right, right, So um, do I just do nothing like she suggested, or do you have any other ideas for me? Thank you so much. So these are cysts that are uh, in the back of the knee. You've got the front of the knee with the kneecap. You have, you know, the fossa, the patella fossa, or the, 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 the fossa, which is, means the area in the back of the knee that's empty. And these cysts can pop up, and they're called Baker's cyst, probably named after Dr. Baker or some pathologist discovered it. We often do nothing with it. They tend to fill up with fluid, then they decrease with fluid. And the problem is we don't usually send people for surgery because they can recur. Mm. And although sometimes we do surgery on them. So uh, I think if it comes back and forth and it keeps on happening, I would definitely do get a second opinion. You know, I'd go to an orthopedic surgeon, get a second opinion whether or not it is a Baker's cyst that should be operated on. But for the most part, we don't, and often they do get better over time. Now, why do they get better over time? I have no idea. But usually people with these cysts in the back, the fluid decreases and people stop complaining from the pain because it must not be as painful. Now, she brings up a, a good point. She said her doctor blows her off. Right. We've heard that a lot, actually. Well, 
That's kind of an interesting issue. So there's a relationship that you have with your primary care doctor, nurse practitioner, PA, and you want to then you want you want somebody who educates you about this. You know, so certainly I would go to Wikipedia, I would read about that. But I think it's important to have that relationship with your physician that they don't blow you off, that they explain what's going on with it. And you then want to be the educated person. So what I would recommend to her is go to Wikipedia. Read about a Baker cyst. Then go to some good websites, such as Mayo Clinic website, Johns Hopkins website, uh, any university website that you think is really good. Read about Baker cyst. Educate yourself. Then send a note on my chart. If the person is on Epic, you're the doctor, and say, this is what I've read about Baker cyst. I would like to consider doing this. So you then become the educated person so you can then advocate for yourself. And one of the things she did was she called us up to mm-hmm. get some extra information so you can educate yourself. The best patient is an educated patient. And that's kind of why we do this week after week. Mm-hmm. So you can become an advocate for yourself so you're not going into the healthcare system blind. And then, you know what? You usually get a better re- result from your healthcare provider. Often they'll say, hey, you know what you're talking about. Let's do it. And if your healthcare provider doesn't know about a Baker cyst, well kind of got to educate themselves or you may consider going to a different provider. That then puts the ball in your court. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before the break, Zorba, we get many emails and phone calls here at Zorba Pastor on Your Health. We do, and, and we, we love them. We appreciate we it. We love them. We, we love really it. do. But we yeah. always especially love it when listeners take the time to send us an old-fashioned letter uh-huh. in the mail. Yeah, Handwritten absolutely. letter. That's right. That's Especially, right. but, we don't, but we don't give them the address. No, but sometimes we get a letter. <laughs> but let's <laughs> people, give them the people address. People look it up. I don't have it in front yeah, of me I right do. now. Wisconsin Public Radio, 875 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin. You have to look up the zip. I don't zip think it's 875, actually. You don't think so? I don't think it is. See, this is a problem. We should, we, we're useless without our computers in front of us, are we? <laughs> right. Just Google right. Wisconsin Public Radio and you'll find That's the address. Right. It is on University <laughs> Avenue and it we is are on in University Madison, Avenue. Wisconsin. Anyways. In the United States of America, on Earth, that much we know. That's Yeah, on Earth. Just Google Earth. <laughs> Third right, rock so, from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> this is from a few years ago, but I wanted to bring it back to light since it's so funny. We received the following handwritten letter from Jeff and Lynn of Erie, Pennsylvania. That's Jeff and Lynn. Not Jeff Lynn, the famous musician from Electric Light Orchestra and the Traveling Wilburys. Of course. And if you expect me to remember This is Jeff and Lynn. You are expecting way too much. (laughs) That's right. All right. Jeff and Lynn in Pennsylvania, right? Dr. Zorba, we thought we'd send you a copy of the bingo game we play every time we listen to your show. (laughs) So check out this piece of paper here. They made a bingo card. Oh, look at this. We have listened to your show for years, (laughs) but lately it's been even more fun. As it's one great. of us, Lynn, is in medical school. Thanks for the many years of a great show. So Jeff and Lynn put together the Zorba bingo card of different, this I guess, common funny. things you hear on the show. Can you read a couple <laughs> yes, of them, Zorba? Yes. Praise of garlic. Praise of garlic. Tom Clark is grumpy. <laughs> Disagree with the doc. One big T. Medical yep. Mythbuster. Poop. Poop. All caps. Grammar police. All cap. Bad pun. That's right. Recommend Prilosec. <laughs> Obviously, I recommend that a lot. Weird theme song. It's not weird. It's a really good theme song. And of course, small town in Wisconsin mentioned and get a second opinion. I'll I love tell you it. something. This is going up on our website. Anyone who wants to play bingo with Zorba at the top, this is great. You know something? I love our listeners. Isn't it great? Love them. This is really love them. Creative. Love them. I feel Absolutely. like as much as I love this, they missed a couple, and I just want yeah. to throw a Go couple ahead. extra ones yeah, that yeah. could well, be cause, in here. That's because you're new. That's true. That's, you're new. I'm yeah. like I'm 10 years newer. 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 Yeah, newer. That's newer. Okay, newer. newer. Uh, younger. Younger. Okay, sure. Younger for sure. Go ahead. So how about cheap and inexpensive? Cheap and inexpensive. You say that a lot. Yes, I do. Cheap and, where do that's they come right. from? Yeah, Why do you say cheap from? and I've always wanted where to ask you this. Where does it come from? Cheap and inexpensive? It's a redundancy, right? Cheap and inexpensive. I have no idea. That's what I say, cheap and inexpensive. I love it, by the way. Difference in the words. There's cheap and there's inexpensive. Okay. Cheap, yeah, it is redundant. That's right. Redundancy is okay. It's okay. Sometimes you got, don't you tell your things to your kids twice? All the, uh, ten don't times, do that. Ten times. Come on. Don't do that. <laughs> it dilutes right. it, right? Yeah, that's right. The other one I think was missing here was pictures of Tom. You can go to the website for pictures, pictures of, Tom. of Tom. Where did that that's come right. from, by the way? Did I've that. always wanted to ask you that one. Where pictures of Tom. I have you, no it's idea. It's an inside joke you I and Tom would laugh joke. about all the time. We would laugh all the time. Pictures what does it mean? Because he didn't like to have his picture taken. That's where it is. I figured that. 
what was the deal? He didn't like to have his picture taken. Right. He didn't <laughs> like it. That's why I always say pictures of Tom. And he would say, what are you talking about? Nobody wants to see my picture. Right. <laughs> right. All right. Thanks, Jeff and Lynn. Do we like getting show-related games sent to us? Yes. Bingo. That's right. We Bingo. do. That's Just right. post on our Facebook page or send it in an email to... Zorba at WPR.org. And, of course, through Facebook. We have much more of the show to come, more of your calls and voicemails, more emails, and we'll be whipping up an apple potato salad mm. recipe. Sounds good. Absolutely. So keep it right here on Zorba Pasture on Your Health from PRX. Christensen in Buck Studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. He's sitting right over there taking calls. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Give us a call. Before we get back to those phone calls, let's do the recipe. We have tangy apple potato salad. Yeah, it's really good. Do you like potato salad? I do like potato salad. You know, I think of it more as a summer dish, obviously. And I don't know why, but frankly, you can have it anytime. Sure. And I love potato salad, different kinds of potato salad. Mm -hmm. Uh, My daughter-in-law makes a Brazilian potato salad. That's awesome. I ought to get her recipe, and we should bring that. We'll bring that in in the summer. We'll bring that that. in sometime during the summer. But this is a tangy Apple potato salad. All right. Okay. So start out with eight small red potatoes cubed. Eight small red potatoes cubed? Uh, Four slices of turkey bacon. You could use regular bacon. You Mm -hmm. can use turkey bacon in this. We're going to make this more heart healthy and use turkey bacon. Four slices turkey bacon. Six cloves of garlic mince. Six cloves garlic mince. Half a cup of low-fat mayonnaise. Again, you could use regular mayonnaise, but we're making this more heart healthy. Low-fat mayonnaise. Half a cup low-fat mayo. That's right. So two medium more sour apples, Mm -hmm. like a, a Granny Smith apple cored and chopped. Two yeah. medium sour yeah. apples, cored yeah. and chopped. You ever wonder who Granny Smith was? I've wondered that. Yeah, I wondered. It was a I wonder while if ago. there was a Granny Smith. There has to have yeah, been. Yeah, somewhere along the line. You know, yeah. I know that our public radio listeners are now furiously going into Wikipedia <laughs> and finding out. I think she was married know? to Grandpa Honeycrisp. I'm oh, pretty sure. Oh, Grandpa Honeycrisp and Granny Smith got married, and Mr. Peanut was at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> he was officiating it. <laughs> he was the officiating. <laughs> See, I got it together. Trying to go over your brain, I just can't do it. Oh, but I got, I got awful. to Mr. Peanut. Yeah, okay. Mr. Peanut. Where are we? Uh, to, uh, two medium scallions. Two medium scallions. Teaspoon of Hungarian paprika. Okay. Teaspoon of chives snipped. One little tea chives mm-hmm. snipped. Half teaspoon of kosher salt. You want to use kosher salt. I like crystal. Crystal kosher salt I think is the best. Okay. Half mm-hmm. a little tea kosher salt. Eighth of a teaspoon of finely ground black pepper. But if you like black pepper like me, you might use more. Half a little tea, freshly ground black pepper. Let's so make it. So fry or microwave the turkey bacon. I like to microwave it. My kids like to fry it until it's crisp. Drain it, blot it, set it aside. Meanwhile, you're going to cook the potatoes. Place the potatoes in a steamer and cook until they're fork tender. You can use it in boiling water, but once again, about five minutes until they're fork tender. You don't want to get them too overcooked. Then in a large bowl, mix the turkey bacon or regular bacon, garlic, low-fat mayonnaise, chopped apples, scallions, paprika, chives, all the other stuff, salt and pepper. Fold in the potatoes, refrigerate overnight or at least for four to six hours, and then serve it as a side dish or better than that, over some salad greens such as kale or mixed screen mix. Mm. And you've got a wonderful tangy apple potato salad. And if you want this recipe, guess where they can go? Just go. I want you to guess, Carl. Uh, guess. Is, is it on the internet? That's in the internet. It's the internet. At zorbapastor.org. <laughs> at zorbapastor.org. Or, of course, through Facebook. And once again, one day we will give you the mailing address, but we won't mail out the recipe because no. we don't have money for stamps. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call anytime. Let's go back to those phones now. Let's try to help out a listener in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi. Hello. Hi. 
Hi, my name is Erin, and I know there's a lot of information about late diagnosis, ADHD, and I'm almost 100% you know, convinced that I have that. What would be the best way to go about doing that? Uh-huh. And do you think that it's kind of just the rage right now, or how many people do you think actually are having real symptoms of ADHD? Well, first of all, it is the rage. There's no, du- there's no doubt about it. On the other hand, it also, serious ADHD was underdiagnosed. So number one, on one hand, there are too many diagnoses made and too many people may be incorrectly put on medications and not the correct people are on medications. So let me ask you just a, a couple of questions. How old are you? I'm 46. Okay, 46. And uh, do you work in the house or outside the house? Outside. What do you do for a living? I'm a hairdresser. Hairdresser. Okay. So you went to cosmetology school. How'd you do in school? Uh, I did okay. Did I okay? was very good. Very, very good. good at my craft. Okay. Not very good at good the at your, academic. At, that's right. But good at your craft is what counts, right? Nobody comes in yeah. to your salon and says, give me your GPA before you do my hair. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they don't Correct. say they don't They don't say that. Okay. And you're good at your craft. So you answered two really important questions. So the important thing about ADHD for kids sitting in school is it's a problem with kids sitting in school. Sitting down, looking at algebra, looking at calculus, looking at bio, looking at this, looking at that, you know, it becomes problematic because they can't do things necessarily in school. So the question is, where does it come from a functional point of view? So in other words, it's underdiagnosed, but you function in your job. You've been doing it for many years, I assume. And you said you're good at your craft. So, you know, you could then be put on a stimulant. You could then become, such as Adderall, you could then become addicted to a stimulant because, you know, it, it's a drug of addiction or habit forming. And it may not help your function, and you might get side effects. Now, let's say, for example, you decided to change your profession. And you said, I want to change my profession. I want to go back to technical school and I want to do something else or I want to go and I've got six months of a course that I want to take. That then, if you do have ADHD, that may become useful for that period of time so you can concentrate on the academic work, which you always had trouble concentrating on. Do you follow my... Yes, I think that's so smart. You follow what I'm saying? You don't need it because you're functional. No. You said you're good at your craft, which means I'm you're, very good. Yeah. Which means you're very good at your craft. So yeah, you may have had ADHD, and maybe when you were at school it may have helped. But the other problem is, maybe if you took it at school, it would have helped you in school, but not helped you with your craft. I mean, it's a very it's kind of a complicated thing. So it's over prescribed. Even if you went through, you went to a clinical psychologist, they said, yeah, you have ADHD. Then you went to a doctor or you went to a virtual doctor and you got a medication. All of a sudden you're on side side effects. It doesn't do any good. It's awful. So you're good at your craft. Unless you go back to school, I wouldn't recommend you do anything about it. Maybe you have it. Now, I have a bit of ADHD. I know that because in the Chicago public schools, If you didn't sit in your seat, you would get something called a check, which was a black mark. And the check was in a box that said, keeps profitably busy. (laughs) You like that? You laughed at that, (laughs) didn't you? I like that, yeah. You like that? I need one of those. Which meant I was fidgeting (laughs) in my seat. Now, I'm a doctor. I mean, I managed to do it. You're good at your craft. I'm good at my, and I'm good at my craft. But, But I had difficulty sitting down and concentrating for a period of time. Now, I've got a good friend. They can sit down for six to eight hours and go over medical stuff. I still can't do that. Mm. I can only do it for 45 minutes at a time. I've got a little dyslexia. I'm able to overcome it. I might have yeah. done better if I had medicines, but it wouldn't have changed what I did in my craft. Mm-hmm. You know, So maybe the medicines would have given me side effects and I wouldn't be who I am today. That's kind of my, my take on it. So whether or not you have it is irrelevant. You don't need to be on any medications. Because you're good at your craft. And you said, I'm very good at my craft, which means you are very good at your craft, right? (laughs) Yes. So does that answer your question? Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. And I've never really heard it um, spoken so clearly about the needs and what we do. And like with kids, you think you're supposed to medicate them so they do better in school. But the flip side is, is that really what the goal is, right? right. Is, that, is that where their strengths are? And do you medicate to be 
to be able to sit in the classroom to do what we think is well. Right. right? You know, you it's hit, always very confusing. You hit it right on the head so they can sit in the classroom to do well. The reality is we have school for kids and a certain percentage of them, you know, 90% or whatever, can work. And then you've got other kids who can't. So, for instance, in high school, did you ever go to study hall when you were in high school? Yes. What did you do in study hall? Not study. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, my goal—how about you, Carl? Did so you I'm go the to, same. Yeah, I didn't yeah. study. I <laughs> never went to study hall. I volunteered to help in Chicago. You could do that. Volunteer to help, like, the counselors and other things. So my goal was never, ever to enter study hall because I could never study. But I had a yeah, lot no. of friends who went to study hall, and they got all their homework done. And I thought, I don't know how they did that, but obviously they didn't have what I have. Mm -hmm. So Carl obviously has ADHD. Maybe. I maybe. Yeah. That's All right. Of us. Yeah. yeah. Or a little bit of ADHD. And the reality is we might have had medications that we were put on that would not that may have adversely affected who we are today. And that's the other yeah. side. That is the flip side of this. Now I do when I've worked with kids, I've had a number of kids who had serious ADHD and I gave them medications, but you've got to think of the plus and minus. It's not turn on the switch, they do well in school and they become a fine adult because you may be interfering with their creativity and how they develop as a person. And that's the downside of ADHD meds. So you're doing well. You hit it right on the head when you said the goal of the meds sometimes is just to get kids to sit in the seats and that sit in their seat and that is the wrong goal. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah. keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you. You too, always. You and Carl. <laughs> Thanks. Take Thanks care. so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. See, you are good at your craft. No, you see, you got kudos. Kudos to Carl, <laughs> they see. It's a we. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that always. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. All right, let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from New York City. I came across a product called Willard Water. W-I-L-L-A-R-D Water. Advertised at various sites. I wonder if it's worthwhile using it. It's sort of an ionic water catalyst. Thank you very much. Well, uh, you have know, you heard of Willard Water? Uh, you know, it's kind of you know, it's it's been out there. Mm -hmm. You know, so first of all, any anything that cures lots of stuff, by definition, doesn't cure anything until you try to figure out whether it does anything. And then when you're looking at stuff like this alternative medicine, you have to say how much does it cost. Mm -hmm. You know, you always. I mean, those are things that I look up. So Willard Water was something like in North or South Dakota. I can't remember where it was. And it contained a little magnesium, some calcium, and other stuff. And I don't remember. It had some industrial use. And then people in the town started using it, and they didn't seem to have much in the way of disease. So now hmm. it, gets, it gets packaged. It's got some magnesium, some calcium, probably a little salt and sodium. And I find it kind of interesting because if you look, for instance, at Kirkland Purified Water, which comes from Costco, mm. they add different things to there to make the water taste better. They call it purified water, but they have a little calcium, they add magnesium, a little bit salt to the water. You may be thinking you're just getting water, but they add it. And they don't claim any health benefit, but it tastes better. So when it comes to stuff like this, you've got to ask, what's the real data behind it? And usually it doesn't have much data. And so my recommendation is, if it doesn't have any good data, then you have to decide, why do I want to use it? What am I looking for? And so on the whole, I'm a scientist. I'd like to have some data, or I'd like to know whether or not there's any side effects. So if I were to buy Willard, or look at Willard Water, I would recommend not buying it, and I would say, why do I want to have this? And that's kind of where it sits. But is it a quack cure? Oh, you know, there's a lot of alternative medicine that's never been tested, and it's not quackery. Now, if it costs you lots of money per quart of Willard water, well, then I'd put it more in the quack realm because it costs a lot of money. That's, what, that's my thought. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. All right, before the break, Zorba, let's do that segment where we give one of your naysayers a little bit of airtime. This is disagreeing with the doc. Disagreeing with the doc. 
disagreeing with the doctor. Uh, uh, uh. You got it bum, down. Bum, bum. <laughs> All right, the following voicemail. Maybe I should take singing lessons. You, you know? should. Well, you were a high yeah, soprano yeah, back in the day. I was a high soprano back, back in way the day. back yeah, in the day. Yeah, and now I'm a baritone. Now you're a baritone. That's right. yeah, yeah, that's right. Take some lessons. In my brain. Why not? Baritone. <laughs> that's right. All right, this is a voicemail from a listener in Minnesota. A comment about long COVID. Heard somebody just speaking about it, and uh, Zorba was um, recommending continue with exercise. Um, but you know, taking into account the latest information on exercise, if you have post-exercise fatigue, is not to exercise. They've done wonderful studies, um, controlled studies, and whatever, showing muscle damage and um, microclots in the muscle tissues from exercising. Doctors have been giving out the wrong information for people with long COVID. Uh, fatigue after exercise, you should absolutely not exercise <clears throat> anymore and push through. That's my message. Well, first of all, she's wrong. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. Disagreeing with disagreeing yeah, with the doctor. Uh, totally wrong. Right. Exercise is always good for you. How much exercise you should do, that becomes a different issue. But you have to exercise. You don't exercise, you get bad. We know exercise is good. And we used to tell people post-heart attacks, don't exercise. And that was the wrong advice. So if you have long COVID, you should exercise. Now, how much? You, your physician, your healthcare provider, your trainer, your physical therapist, whoever you're working with, it's an individual prescription based on you. Should you go through it? Well, it depends. How much should you do? I'm not going to comment on that. It's a very individual thing. But the idea that it's, you're getting clots because you exercise, no. There's no evidence that exercise is going to produce clots. Quite the opposite. If you lay around you don't exercise, you're much more likely to get a blood clot in your deep vein thrombosis. So the answer is no, you should exercise with long COVID. How much exercise you should do is an individual decision often made, if it's really serious long COVID, with a healthcare provider. Do you disagree with the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. We have much more of the show to come. We, we have do. more of your calls. We do. We'll tackle another healthy living topic. And more of your voicemails Absolutely. Well. All of that. So on, keep it right here. Absolutely. Don't on, change that dial. Not at all. Zorba Pastor on, on your health. health. And you probably don't have a dial. You probably just have, don't change it on whatever <laughs> you have. But it used to be a dial. It used to be a dial. Still kind of a dial. Now it's just buttons. And That's right. Now it's stuff. buttons. All right. Keep it right here. Zorba Pastor on your health from PRX. Don't touch that dial. Carl Christensen in Buck Studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. If you have a healthy living question, the number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But before we get back to those phone calls, Zorba, air pollution, I mean, we've known that's been bad for a while, but right, some new research right. here on fossil fuels and how it's linked to more deaths. Yeah, maybe linked to more deaths, and then how does it apply to you, mm -hmm. you know, things you're using? So uh, this is an article in the BMJ, a British medical journal, which is rebranded as the BMJ. Looked at air pollution from fossil fuels, power generation, transportation, you know, and, and the theory is that it actually is up to worldwide about 5 million excess deaths. And they really come from a whole bunch of things, from asthma, uh, from more uh, pneumonias that may occur, uh, environmental health risk that we know that comes from these things, and, you know, whether or not we phase them out, what does it mean? Because these fine particles that are in the air, including the ozone, are linked to fossil fuels, and it makes a difference. So the question is, how does it make a difference to you? So if you live in the city on a street with lots of cars, we know there's an excess increased number of asthma uh, cases of asthma and excess appear to be an excess number of deaths from COPD due to air pollution. And how do you decrease that within your environment? So let me ask you a question. You uh, live you live in the country. I mean, you live in a suburb. You mow the lawn, right? Sure. You mow the lawn. Uh, when you start the lawnmower, are you careful with that? That's air pollution. That's 
pollution when you are working the lawn, right? Well, last year I got an electric mower. Oh, well, yeah, before you see, that, so you yes. decreased it. Yeah, okay, okay. For sure. How about a snowblower? You have a snowblower? I do have a snowblower. Gas or electric? That's gas for sure. See, so you're around yep. air pollution. Mm-hmm. With your car, do you warm up your car in your garage? No. Well, you that's see, a that's a no right? no. Yeah. But you're smart with something with something like that. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, we can be around it in our jobs. A lot of men and women who work in the automotive industry, especially fixing cars, are around air pollution all the time because they're fixing cars. They're turning them on, turning them off, and so they're fixing it. But the bottom line of this particular study is we don't take air pollution seriously enough with excess deaths. And this particular study showed that the estimate that there may be up to 5 million excess deaths due to air pollution. So the more electrified we are, the better off we are. And the more that we look at our personal air pollution may be near us, the better off we are to keep ourselves and our family healthy. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 Four six two seven four one three. All right, let's go back to those phone calls now. This is a listener in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi. This is Dot Haley, and I have a question for you on my shoulder. Okay. 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 Sure. First of all, they diagnosed that I needed surgery. I think it's called rotator cup. Surgery. Rotator cuff surgery. Uh huh. Now they changed their mind and said I need a whole complete shoulder replacement. Wow. Now I understand that's less invasive. Is that correct? I'd like your opinion. No, well, if it's total, if it's a total surgical procedure, it's more invasive. But I have a question. So, first of all, did you fall? I haven't been home all summer. I've lost so many relatives and I worked at a at a person's house, I was lifting stuff all the time. Oh, I, I, uh-huh. I, and so it was I overuse. One day out mm-hmm. here, when we were cutting some trees down, mm-hmm. so but I had problems with my shoulder for quite a long okay. time. So they wanted to do a rotator cuff, a rotator cuff, which is part at of it. First. And then they looked back and they said, "You need more than a rotator cuff to fix this." Is that? Yeah, they want me to have the whole shoulder yeah, replaced. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Um, I heard it was less invasive. But no, no, no. It's more. It, no, it's more invasive. It's not less invasive. It's more invasive. The real issue is how much how much you're suffering. What kind of pain do you have? Weakness, pain. What kind of symptoms? Well, I have pain. Mm-hmm. Um, like my left arm. At one time, they wanted to do rotator cup. Mm-hmm. And I decided not to, and I ended up with Popeye arm. You know oh, what that yes. is, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So you then had a biceps, a tendon uh, rupture. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Well, here's the issue. If you've got lots of symptoms, you know, if you have weakness, you have tenderness, you have pain and discomfort, and there's something that can be offered you, either the total surgery, you know, the total replacement, or... Uh, which is what they want to do. You have to say, how symptomatic am I? And is it really bothersome? And then if you're not sure, you have to go get a second opinion. Do you trust the people you saw? Were you happy with them? Um, I'm thinking about a second opinion. Then get it. That's the answer. If you're thinking about it, get it. You just gave yourself your own answer. It's always good, always good if there's any question they want to invade, get a second opinion. Uh, and that's that's the way to go. If you're on an electronic medical record, where, which is what you probably are, you're going to get a second opinion. Go to another another uh, a clinic in a different town. Where do you live right now? I'm sorry, I missed that. Ah, uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. So Chippewa Falls. So get a second opinion. You know, at you know at, at a different clinic. You know, you go to Chippewa Falls. I always say, yeah. don't go to the same clinic because you may get the same answer. Go to a different clinic. Make sure they have all the records. If it, if it's an electronic medical record like Epic, they can then make, they can, all the records and all the things are going to be there before you have surgery. Second opinion is the answer. It's a big surgery to have a total shoulder replacement. Do they have much luck with that or? They do. When you, when you need it, I have patients who have had it. It's a long recovery, but I have many patients who have had it and they've said, I am better. So the answer is yes, but it's just like any joint replacement, knee, hip, shoulder, you run a risk, there's a good chance you're going to get better, and there's always a risk that it's not going to get better. That's that's okay. always in there. Nothing's 100%, but yes, I have people who've had total shoulders, and they're doing well. 
like a couple months recovery. Correct. That's right. A couple months. And then a little bit more than that with some weakness and things. But you're back to doing a lot of stuff a couple months. I'm not sure about chopping wood, though. That might be a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. I'm an active person no matter what. So it's going to really be Oh, boy. But you can be active within means. means. I uh, had had an ankle fracture. I had to be on my back for six six weeks, seven weeks. And then once I did physical therapy, I started moving. I'm an active person. I got back. My my ankle's fine. So follow the physical therapist. They know what they're doing. Follow the doctor. Get the second opinion. Okay, another question. I have an inversion table, mm-hmm. but my husband uses it. He uses it for his back, and it's the only thing that helps mm-hmm. his back. Sure. Would that help my shoulder? You can try it. It might help your shoulder. You might be able to try it. If he allows you to use it, even though you bought it, obviously he took it away from you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get his kind opinion. It's spooky when you get on it the first time. <laughs> Don't do it alone. <laughs> It's spooky. That's right. You could try it. You could try it. See whether or not it'll help you. I don't know about your husband. We'll have to see about that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for your call. Take care. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's take an email. This one comes from Jim in Clear Lake, Wisconsin. Jim writes... Zorba, I enjoy your show. It's a weekly staple. <laughs> staple's a good thing, right? That's not I like, like a, staple. It doesn't I feel like, like a puncture wound like or anything. Staple. Right. Staple's good. I like staple. In this case, I'm a 71 year old male who's been blessed with good health all my life. Nice. I take no medications. Mm. Last September, Rare. I came. Yeah. Last mm-hmm. September, I came down with severe itchy scalp mm-hmm. and blizzard like dandruff. Mm-hmm. Sure. I wash my hair every other night mm-hmm. with the same shampoo I've mm-hmm. been using for years. Mm-hmm. I've never had a flake or dandruff all my life. Then this happened without any reason. I've been using a high-strength dandruff shampoo now for over a month, Mm -hmm. and my head is as snowy as ever. I'm stumped with no Mm -hmm. explanation for this. Mm -hmm. Any ideas? Well, first of all, you can call your doctor and you can get prescription stuff that is much stronger. Okay. I mean, that's 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 the number one thing to do. Then you can go and you can get ketoconazole shampoo. That's a shampoo that it may not be used. You can try Selsun Blue. You got to try different ones because they're different ones that are over the counter. And Mm -hmm. one of the things you want to do is you want to put on the anti-dandruff shampoo. You want to put it on. You want to put a shower cap on and leave it on your head for five minutes. But if you don't put a shower cap on, it's going to wash off Mm because you're in the shower and it's going to wash off. But you need a five-minute soak of that stuff on your head. And that will often do it. Switching shampoo, five-minute soak. If that fails, call your doc. All right. Do you have a question for the good doc? Even one that's a real head scratcher? Just post (laughs) on our (laughs) Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.com. O-R-G. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener in Mankato, Minnesota. My question is, if he had a diverticulitis surgery, what can he eat now after he had it? I had it on December 7, 2012. What can I eat now that will be beneficial for me? to get better and do well with my diet. God bless. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. First of all, that's a long time ago uh, when he had that. You can pretty much eat anything. You know, we used to say no peanuts, no seeds, and it turned out that didn't work. You know, there was really no evidence for it. But pretty much on a diver- if you had diverticulitis, you can eat anything you want to. We know that a high-fiber diet is really good. You can increase your fiber by taking psyllium. Metamucil is the most common name brand. But you can eat anything you want to when you've had diverticulitis. In 2012, it's a long time ago, if he's been put on a reduced diet, the time is to stop that reduced diet, which we used to tell patients who had pockets in their colon, which is what diverticulosis is. Eat what you wish. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before we call it a day, Zorba, let's check in again with your favorite Backseat drivers, 
The grammar police, but wait, Brad, don't play the theme song yet. Okay, Brad, don't. His don't finger do was it. right on the button. Don't do it. He was He's ready, just about to ready go. Ready to push the button. Yep, I'm glad I said that's something. That's Brad. Actually, that's Brad. On, to- on, on top of the game. On top, on top of right, the game. On top of yeah, the game. You would have seen him in video games, but really, pinball machines, that's his forte, right? He's really good at tech mobile. He's a tech, tech mobile. Yeah, Got really it. good at tech Got mobile. You know, that's right. That's right. That's exactly. <laughs> he doesn't it. even need both. He's Jackson. giving us the high five for that. <laughs> I think it's the high five. That's what it looks like. Anyways, yeah. So this is Zorba. This is messages from a small but honorable team of agents who are deeply committed to restoring order and clarity regarding the language we use on our show here. Okay, okay. So get ready. The following dispatch comes from the always honorable Grammar Police Police. Okay. <laughs> That's a really easy way to just hack a theme song. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. That's right. All right. This lovely email came from Mary in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Mary writes, Dr. Zorba, Tom, and Carl. I love when Tom gets in there. It's I great. do. I do. Thanks for your right. show. I wanted to email you because many people write in to criticize something you have said. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write in to vote for Dr. Zorba as a human being who can make errors as we all do. Oh, nice. The nice. pronunciation. I do make errors. That's right. The, <laughs> I do. But you're good at your craft. That's right. The pronunciation criticizing, it's fun to hear, and the grammar police is too. But for the most part, we have learned and been helped so much through the years listening to Dr. Zorba. Oh, thank you. It's something you. so many of us public radio listeners look forward to. Also, for those people who criticize some of the diagnoses or other information provided, the program continually states on each show you should, quote, talk to your doc. And there's no way Dr. Zorba can give a complete diagnosis based on a short phone call or an email. So they're there. Right. They're right. I love That's the right. humor. That's Thanks right. again. Thank you. Thank you, That's, Mary. That was a very nice email. That was very, very nice. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate all of our listeners listening and tell us if they like things and if they don't like things. We have because fun with our it. Goal, We have fun. And our goal is really to give good information all the time. And the only way we can do that is with feedback from you. So anyone who wants to write us can write us at wpr.zorba at wpr.org or, of course, through Facebook. Are you brave enough to rescue Zorba from the absolutist grip of the grammar police? <laughs> Tell us again where they can send an email. <laughs> Zorba at WPR.org. <laughs> All right. Should we, do, should we do this again next week, Zorba? Absolutely. All right. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime. 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 Visit us on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org. Of course, through Facebook. And don't forget, you can call us anytime. 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 To leave us your question at 800 800- 462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Da-da-da. And our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Da-da-da. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. Da-da-da. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Da-da-da. Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.